Good morning. Good to see you all here this morning. Uh, so I greet you with the peace and grace of God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. And I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. So we are so glad that y'all are here this morning, uh, gathered together to worship our Lord and Savior. So let's take a look at things that are going on in the church. If you'll turn to the back of your bulletin, you'll see that we have our Sunday schedule there. Uh, you'll see that next week at 6 o'clock, we are having a choir meeting. Uh, that is to talk about uh, when, where, how, and what for the choir, so please come to that. Uh, you'll see that uh, the PPRC meet, we have a PPRC meeting, not meeting, but it can be meeting. We can just leave the G off. Uh, on August 25th uh, at 6.30, uh, and you'll see those that are listed there in your bulletin of who's on that committee. Uh, if you look down there, you'll see upcoming events. September 12th uh, at 11 is our homecoming. Our speaker this year is going to be Clay Morgan. Uh, we are planning to have the meal afterwards, uh, so be ready with your favorite dish. Uh, and then revival and camp meeting. We're going to do a four-day revival camp meeting this year. Um, we're going to do it Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, and Thursday, so that's the 13th through the 16th, um, so be aware of that, uh, so we'll have homecoming on Sunday, and then we'll have revival Monday through Thursday, uh, and uh, the speakers and singers and all that will be put in the bulletin, uh, hopefully in the next couple of weeks, so you can see who's going to be here uh, for what night, so if you want to just choose one night, you're welcome to come, if you want to come all four, please do feel free to do that. Are there any other announcements this morning? Well, seeing no other announcements, I'm going to turn it over to Kathy uh, for our presentation this morning. It's okay, it's okay. Congratulations. Good luck uh, in the upcoming years uh, with uh, your schooling. So good luck on all of that. Um, you want to come help me preach this morning, little man? You want to come help me this morning? Maybe, no. He's, got his, he's, got his, he's like, nope, I'm playing on my trucks right now. Leave me alone. Well, we are uh, just grateful that we can do that uh, this morning. So... Let us um, open with a word of prayer. So let us pray. Eternal God, source of wisdom and understanding, your ways lead the upright of heart. Give us wise and discerning minds 
that we seek your wisdom above earthly riches, as Solomon did after the death of his father, David. Grant us pure and unblemished souls, that we may speak to one another with psalms, hymns, and spiritual songs. Be with us in this time of worship, that we may learn to discern good from evil and seek to live our lives with your wisdom and your grace. Amen. Our song of preparation this morning is Awesome God by Rich Mullins. I was uh, turned on to this artist many, many years ago um, by one of my fellow colleagues before I came into ministry. Um, And Rich, Rich is a great singer. So let us this morning proclaim how awesome our God is through song by Rich Mullins. When he rolls up his sleeves, he ain't just putting on the ritz. Our God is an awesome God. There's thunder in his footsteps and lightning in his fists. Our God is an awesome God. And the Lord wasn't joking when he kicked him out of Eden. It wasn't for no reason that he shed his blood. His return is very close, and so you better be believing that our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Our God is an awesome God. He reigns from heaven above with wisdom, power, and love. Our God is an awesome God. Now when the sky was starless in the void of the night, And created the light. In judgment and wrath, he poured out on Sodom. The mercy and grace he gave us at the cross. I hope that we have not too quickly forgotten that our God is an awesome God. Our God.
Our God is an awesome God. Amen. So now we take time to lift up our joys and concerns uh, so that we can pray with and for one another and so that we can celebrate with one another. So this morning we do have um, our list. Uh, the date on the bottom is wrong, so if you want to change that to today's date at some point, you're welcome to do that so you know what date this list came out. <coughs> um, we do have one that I added last night, uh, Karen Almond. So if you will, please just take special note of that name on the list. That is one that was just added uh, this morning. Uh, so please uh, remember her uh, and everyone else that's on this list. Um, there are many names here, and God knows each and every one of them. So are there any others to add to the list this morning? Buddy Bird. Others. Oh, yes. Um, my cousin Tiffany uh, is in the hospital battling COVID right now, so I remember her. Others this morning. All right, well, let us take our prayers to the Lord, so let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, God, we are again gathered here this morning to worship and to praise. We are here with joyful hearts and with sad hearts. We are here to be in your presence. We are here to celebrate and be joyful. But Lord, we are here to feel your presence. Lord, as we have gathered this morning, we have so many things that we are worried about, that we're stressed about, that we just don't know how to deal with. We're also here with joyful hearts because we get to celebrate those who have graduated. We get to celebrate our teachers and our students who are going back to school. We get to celebrate one another. Lord, this morning we bring our prayers to you. We bring every name that is on this list. We bring every name that is in our hearts and minds this morning. And we ask you, the Almighty, to take care of each and every one of these, to heal those who are sick, to, be, to give peace to those who are dying and dealing with death. to be joyful and celebrate with us in our accomplishments. So Lord, this morning we come to you. We come humbled before you. We come ready to hear your voice. And Lord, we always we we sometimes just struggle with what to pray. Sometimes our prayers look like the scrabble tiles just spilled out on the floor. We know in those moments, you know everything that's on our hearts. And in those moments, may we always remember that you taught us a prayer. 
that when we didn't have words, we can just come to you with this prayer. A prayer that's been prayed by so many generations throughout the years. Prayed by saints, prayed by sinners, prayed by the broken, prayed by the healthy. So this morning, Lord, we join in that chorus of voices that have been praying this prayer over the years as we pray the prayer that was taught to us by Jesus, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. This morning, our first set of scriptures comes from our Psalter reading, Psalm 130. So join with me now in your bulletins and let us read together Psalm 130. Out of the depths I cry out to you, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. And ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If you, O Lord, should mark inequities, Lord, who could stand? There is forgiveness of you for truly worship. I wait for the Lord. My soul waits. In the Lord's word I hope. My soul waits for the Lord more than those who watch in the morning. More than those who watch for the morning. O Israel, hope in the Lord. For with the Lord there is steadfast love. With the Lord is plenteous redemption. And the Lord will redeem Israel for all inequity. Amen. As we continue this morning, we are grateful for all the offerings, the gifts, the tithes, the time, and the talents that are given for God. So this morning, let me offer this prayer over all of those offerings. Let us pray. God of wisdom and understanding, send these gifts into the world that they may become instruments of your grace. Send this offering to your people that it may become a source of your mercy. May these gifts be bread and blessing for a world in need of your mighty spirit. Amen. Our message text this morning comes from the gospel according to John. And again, we're in John chapter 6 for another Sunday, continuing in the bread of life. And today we're reading verses 51 through 58. So hear now the word according to the gospel of John. I am the living bread that came down from heaven. Whoever eats this bread will live forever, and the bread that I will give for the life of the world is my flesh. Then the Jews debated among themselves, asking, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Jesus said to them, I assure you, unless you eat the flesh of the human one and drink his blood, you have no life in you. 
Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. My flesh is true food, and my blood is true drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me, and I in them. As the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so whoever eats me lives because of me. This is the bread that came down from heaven. It isn't like the bread your ancestors ate, and then they died. Whoever eats this bread will live forever. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord God, as we have come and sung your praises and heard your scriptures this morning, continue to speak to us. Open our eyes and our ears, our minds and our hearts as we listen for your voice. And may the words of your servant's mouth and the meditations of our hearts be pleasing in your sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So like I said, we are continuing with Jesus telling all those who have ears to hear that he is the bread of life. And it gets even more controversial this week. Mostly because the people who hear do not understand what Jesus is actually saying to them. Now this is not something new. In fact, this is a constant thing with Jesus. People not understanding the gift that has been given to them by God. So I want to take and look at just one verse of this passage, but it encompasses the entirety of what we hear today. I want to talk about how These Jewish people, these people that lived with Jesus, that knew Jesus, misunderstood Jesus, and how people today still don't get Jesus. You see, verse 52 says, The Jews debated among themselves, asking, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? The first thing that these Jews thought of was actually eating the flesh of Jesus. The first thing they think about is about the food laws and how it is wrong to eat human flesh or any flesh. They first go for the physical human thought and not the spiritual God meaning. Now this may not seem like anything odd, but these are the Jewish leaders of the church. Because if you remember back a few verses ago, verse 41 says that this is the Jewish opposition to Jesus that is hearing this. These are the people who are supposed to be the leaders, the interpreters, the teachers, and the preachers for God. The ones who are supposed to be thinking about the spiritual God meaning of everything, yet their first thoughts were to the physical eating of the flesh. You know, the Gospel of John is a very interesting gospel. It doesn't match up with any of the other gospels in the storytelling and how things are done. And scholars, many scholars, believe that this book was written actually for the insiders, those who already knew Jesus, those who knew the stories, who accepted who Jesus was, 
that it was written to those who believed in Jesus the Christ, those who believed that Jesus was the Son of God, the Son of Man, those who understood the metaphors of this flesh and blood, and those who lived after the death and resurrection of Jesus. See, those who understand that the Word of God became flesh and made its home among us. That's who they say John is written for. And here in John 6, Jesus is having to repeat over and over again that he is the bread of life. That he is the eternal bread come down from heaven. Maybe John's repetition can best be seen as a sign that what is being said is important. Now, Will Willimon says, it is also a sign of the difficulty of what is being communicated. It is as if in the sixth chapter, Jesus knows that what he is talking about is against our natural inclinations, against our accustomed means of making sense, so much so that he must be redundant and repetitive in order to keep hammering upon our cognitive defense until we comprehend that when he says bread, he is not talking about flour, water, and yeast, that he is talking about something that has come down from heaven. Now, research has shown that repetition of doing things and hearing things helps us do those things. And just like sports. Now, you know, if you play any kind of sport, if you do any kind of thing, you takes practice. And you practice more and more and more so that you don't have to think about what you're doing. Because when you have to think, your reaction time goes down. So when you do it in a repetitive fashion and you keep doing it, at some point, it's just going to come memory, muscle memory. If you've ever wondered how a major league baseball player can hit a 95-mile-per-hour fastball, it's not because they're thinking about hitting that fastball. It's that they know how to hit that baseball, that they know when to swing their body reacts at a certain point without having to think about it. That's what Jesus is trying to get to the people. That this repetitive inkling of Jesus, I am the bread of life, is something that we don't need to think about, that we just need to know and remember and it become a memory that is always there. So that any time we hear flesh, bread, blood, juice, wine, we know immediately where our thoughts go. To the table. To Jesus. And his sacrifice. Jesus, in this sixth chapter, is very repetitive. And Willimon says... This is why, because as modern people, we are conditioned to live in a flattened, demystified world that is only what we can see or touch. The modern world loves this-is-only statements. 
you know, this is only bread, this is just another day at the office, this is, you know, only a Jew from Nazareth. The fourth gospel tries to train us limited modern people in the expectation that now the word has become flesh and that we may expect more because of that. Now, scholars say that this passage and the others of the sixth chapter of John are about the Lord's Supper because John doesn't really tell us about the Lord's Supper. It doesn't really give us the example that the other gospels do. But if you were someone who already knew about that meal, you could see the connection. Now, that's not the only thing this text is talking about. This text also talks of another key feature of John, and that is the incarnation, the Word becoming flesh. Incarnation is so against our natural widespread expectations for what is spiritual and religious that we must have Jesus reiterate to us that flesh, that life in this world is where God deems to meet us. Willimon says, those of us who have been conditioned to think through cool, detached, distant, and dispassionate consideration will and may find it strange to be told that if we are to think about the Word made flesh, we must think through ingestion, consumption, and intimate, deep engagement. There is no knowing who the Christ is without visceral total engagement. We will not be able to comprehend him by just sitting back comfortable in our pews and coolly considering him as if he were an abstract, disembodied idea. Incarnation means that we must get up, come forward, hold out empty hands, sip the wine, chew the bread, Now, this is where translation sometimes gets things mixed up because the English language doesn't have a way to express what is being said. But the verbs in the Greek, in this part, move from polite ones about eating and drinking. You know, you sip, you chew, you you know, chew with your mouth closed. We, We don't gulp our drinks. And it moves from that to this visceral chewing and gulping of the bread and the wine. You know, how a a cow chews that. You know, or how people always tell you, chew with your mouth closed. No, I don't want to chew with my mouth open. I want everybody to see what I'm eating. To gulping that drink like we're just so thirsty we can't stand it. We've got to just get it all down as quickly as we can. That's what the Greek is saying throughout this passage. It goes from the easy sitting of eating and drinking and sipping to the visceral just getting in there with your hands and just grabbing and going at it. Now, we have all gained knowledge about our world around us, about are what we know from many different sources. We've gained it from school, from friends, from family, 
from books we've read, from TV shows we've watched, from movies that we've enjoyed, to the day where we can watch YouTube on how to do something that we don't know how to do, to Facebook posting news from every news outlet out there. And if you can't find it that way, you can always pull up Google and go, what is this? And we've learned that we can find knowledge out there. But we've also learned in that that some knowledge is not right. That some knowledge is not good, some knowledge is not backed up. But we've, we've, we've developed a certain way of thinking, a certain way of discerning, a, a certain way of assimilating, and a certain way of disseminating. And over our lifetimes, things that we once held true no longer are. Things, our beliefs, things that we have known have evolved by the increasement of our knowledge. Understandings are different because we read an article or heard somebody speak on it. And of course, our faith will grow because we learn more and more about God. Now this all happens because we are like sponges that just absorb the world around us. But when we're not in the living water of God, while in the world, we can become like those sponges that are left on the sink. You know, the ones that get hard as rocks, Ones you can play baseball with and it'll be okay because you can pick it up and still have a sponge. They're not very flexible anymore. They're really hard. They hold whatever shape they were left in. So if you left it bent, that's the way it is. If you left it flat, that's the way it is. Sometimes they concave in the middle because all the moisture is gone. And that's what happens when we're not in the living water of God in this, in, while we're in the world. Because when, when we don't stay in the living water of God, when we start to dry out, we hold on to the ideals that could be wrong and hurtful. We could become fearful of change because we're afraid that we might break. We might have to shift what position we're in. But when we return to the living water, we become soft and flexible once again. And it takes time. It's not an instant thing. You don't instantly drop a hard sponge in water and it just magically becomes soft again. It takes time again for that living water to get back into that sponge before it becomes flexible and soft and not ever having to worry about breaking but is bendable. So are we swimming in that living water of God? Are we open to the Spirit flowing in and out of us? 
Are we ready to receive what Jesus is giving and seeing the world through God's eyes? Wouldn't the Christian faith be easier if it was a matter of mere belief or intellectual assent, exclaims Willimon. No. Today's rather scandalous carnal incarnations gospel reminds us that Jesus intends to have all of us, body and soul. Jesus' truth wants to burrow deep within us to consume us as we consume him, to flow through our veins, to be digested, to nourish every nook and cranny of our being. Jesus has come down from heaven with the intention of taking it all back. He wants all of us, and he wants us to have all of him. Wayne Meeks says, As even many disciples will observe, this teaching is difficult. They say it in chapter 6, verse 60. But Meeks continues on and says, Those who accept it commit themselves to a life of irony, to seeing the world strangely, to a permanent skepticism about what seems only common sense to most of those who are comfortable in that world. Being a follower of Christ is different. It's difficult. We were never promised that it would be easy and comfortable. We were told that we are going to be ridiculed, that we'll be seen different in this world, that people would hate us. That people might even try to kill us. But nonetheless, Jesus said, go and tell them about me. And I'm not going to leave you there alone. I'm going to give you the Holy Spirit to go with you to remind you of my teachings. But also to keep giving you more teachings. So the question is, are we ready? Are we willing to live differently from the rest of the world? Are we ready to be seen as eccentric or crazy? Are we ready to see the other people that are not like us as children of God? Are we ready to go out and fight for justice, to fight for the oppressed, to fight for equality, to end prejudices that are wrapped up in society's labels? Are we ready to work towards God's kingdom coming to earth as it is in heaven? That's what we pray in the Lord's Prayer. 
Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done. On earth as it is in heaven. We're nowhere near what it's going to be like in heaven. But we have got to do our best to work towards that. And that's going to be difficult in a world that has taught us that everything we see and touch is real. And if we can't, it's not. But God is real. Jesus was God's word in the flesh. God came down to walk and teach because he loved us that much. So much that his flesh was given as a sacrifice, as the last sacrifice for our souls. So let's live into the craziness, the difficult, the unimaginable life that Christ has given us. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. Our song of invitation this morning is a song called Enough by Chris Tomlin. So not only sing this this morning, this is his acoustic version of this song, but listen to the words. Make these words a prayer, because anything can be a prayer to God. So let us sing this morning enough.
As we continue to think about what we have heard and sung this day, let me offer this benediction as we say it together this morning to go forth and allow God's wisdom and understanding to guide your steps. Fear of the Lord lights our path and illumines our path. Go forth. And let God's mercy and grace lead your way. Blessing of the Lord, send us forth to be a blessing to the world. Go with God, and may the forces of evil become confused on the way to your house. Amen.